The Daily 202's Big Idea is sponsored by Pacific Life. Protecting generations of families for 150 years, that's the power of Pacific. Good morning. I'm James Holman from The Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202 for Thursday, November 2nd. In today's news, the ISIS-inspired driver who plowed a truck into a crowd in Times Square had been plotting the massacre for a year. Lawmakers released a trove of Facebook ads purchased by Russians during the campaign, and two more high-profile men resigned following allegations of sexual misconduct. But first, the big idea. Red state Democrats are proposing lots of ideas to cut taxes and work with Donald Trump. They say they're ready to bargain. During a meeting at the White House two weeks ago, Senator Sherrod Brown, a Democrat from Ohio, handed President Trump copies of two tax bills that he's proposed. One would expand access to the earned income tax credit and the child tax credit. The other would give tax credits to companies that pay workers at least $15 an hour. Brown is one of 10 Senate Democrats up for re-election next year in a state that Trump carried in 2016. These lawmakers each insist that they are not just willing, but eager to work with the president on taxes. In Ohio, Brown believes that voters draw a distinction between Trump, who remains relatively popular there, and congressional leaders like Mitch McConnell and Paul Ryan, who even many Republicans now dislike. Brown said that he will back Trump up if he tries to follow through on the populist campaign rhetoric that allowed him to win the Buckeye State, about helping the little guy, but that he won't go along with the, quote, trickle-down economics espoused by the Senate Majority Leader and House Speaker. Brown's personally well-liked back home, but Trump won Ohio by eight points, and he's likely to face a well-funded challenge from the state treasurer. Brown's posture mirrors the nine other Senate Democrats who are in the same spot. Their messaging stands in stark contrast to what most other Democrats are saying. There was a rally outside the U.S. Capitol yesterday, for example, in which liberal firebrands like Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren, and Nancy Pelosi pledged to fight the Republican proposal tooth and nail. These politicians are making a big show of demanding that Trump release his tax returns. But the red state Democrats are bending over backwards to show they're not just going to be knee-jerk no votes. Indiana Senator Joe Donnelly is a good example. He traveled with Trump to Indianapolis on Air Force One in September so that he could listen to the president's speech on taxes. He even attended an event by Mike Pence, the state's former governor, held to promote the cuts. In truth, despite all the public shows of outreach, Trump's moving full steam ahead without any Democratic buy-in, and Republicans have frozen these members out of the negotiation process. After months of behind-the-scenes negotiations and numerous delays, House Republican leaders will today release a draft of their tax plan. It's designed with the expectation that not a single Democrat will support it. Several Democrats are proposing a flurry of bills to demonstrate that they're supportive of cutting taxes, protecting retirement plans, and making the system simpler. Michigan Senator Debbie Stabenow, another Democrat up next year, unveiled a plan yesterday to expand the contribution limits for 401ks. Wisconsin Senator Tammy Baldwin unveiled a bill at a small business incubator in Milwaukee to increase deductions for new small businesses. Montana Senator John Tester unveiled a web portal to solicit thoughts, concerns, and ideas from his constituents about the tax debate. Everyone is trying to get out front on this because they know that regardless of what winds up getting through Congress, tax policy will be a top-tier issue in their 2018 campaigns. 
Overhauling the tax code is the top priority by far for the network led by the billionaire Koch brothers. Americans for Prosperity, one of its affiliates, has already mobilized its grassroots army to put pressure on these vulnerable Democrats to support a GOP measure. The advocacy group has already spent millions on tax-related ads against eight of the 10 red state Democrats. And that's the big idea. Here are three other headlines that should be on your radar today. Number one. Authorities say that the 29-year-old Uzbeki man accused of mowing down pedestrians and cyclists in Manhattan in the name of ISIS began plotting a year ago, but only recently decided on using a vehicle. Authorities say that Saifulo Sayipov said he was proud of what he had done, even requesting to display the Islamic State flag in his hospital room. He said he was inspired particularly after he watched a video from an Islamic State leader. Authorities allege that Sayipov chose Halloween to conduct his heinous attack because he hoped there would be more people on the street. In recent weeks, neighbors noticed Saipov driving a Home Depot truck down the block in apparent preparation for the massacre. Terror by vehicle has become the standard method of violence among ISIS's Western followers. Number two. The Senate Intelligence Committee on Wednesday released a trove of ads that Russian operatives bought using rubles on Facebook. The ads demonstrate a striking ability to mimic American political discourse at its most fractious. They cover topics like illegal immigration, coal mining, gun rights, and race issues. They targeted a variety of Facebook users, including professed gun lovers and fans of Martin Luther King Jr. Lawyers for Facebook, Google, and Twitter all denounced the Russian campaign during congressional hearings the last two days, and they are attempting to portray the Russian content as a tiny part of the overall flow on their platforms. But lawmakers from both parties repeatedly sought to make clear how important they consider the crossover of online influence to the real world. Number three, two more men in powerful positions resigned yesterday following accusations of inappropriate sexual behavior. NPR News Chief Mike Oreskes resigned after The Washington Post reported on sexual harassment allegations made against him, some dating to when he worked for The New York Times in the 1990s. And across the pond, Britain's defense minister, Michael Fallon, is the first British lawmaker to resign amid a growing number of accusations being made against British politicians. The resignations come in the wake of the Harvey Weinstein scandal, which inspired victims of sexual assault and harassment both within and outside the entertainment industry to go public with their stories. Stories of harassment have also emerged on Capitol Hill, where procedures for preventing and handling sexual harassment charges are under growing scrutiny. And that's The Daily 202 for Thursday, November 2nd. You can read much more about the Republican tax plan being unveiled today in my newsletter at WashingtonPost.com Daily 202. And one more thing. Next Tuesday, November 7th, is the one-year anniversary of Donald Trump's election. To recognize that day, the Washington Post podcast, Can He Do That?, which is really good if you don't get it, is having a live show in D.C. that evening. Host Allison Michaels will be discussing the biggest moments of the past year, the ones that made you go, can he do that? She'll be joined by political reporters Dave Farenthold and Karen Tumulty, as well as Bob Woodward, who helped break the Watergate scandal. So if you're in D.C., you can buy tickets in advance for the Can He Do That live show at LiveNation.com. Thanks so much for listening. I'm James Holman, and I'll talk to you tomorrow.